listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion. The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, feels good to be back, bitches. How we doing? I'm doing pretty darn good. Belgium stormed all the way back to beat Japan. That's our squad. I don't know why, but it's our squad. Go, Belgium. Well, that's what I wrote down to be my open. I was going to be all excited. And then this headline just popped onto my feed here on Twitter.com. The psychic octopus that correctly predicted the results of Japan's first three World Cup matches has been killed and sold for food. R.I.P., little buddy. R.I.P. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. So much to go over. LeBron James is a Laker. Should we start there? We could start there. We won't start there. Josh Yoey at 420? Looking forward to that? Jesse Marshall at 520? It's the athletic show. None of the people who sat in this seat while I was gone was athletic enough to have the show be called the athletic show. Benzie, give me a break. I'll sky over that guy. Wes Euler, psh, come on. What are you going to do, Wes? See you Friday. The Penguins made a bunch of moves. They signed Connor Sherry, which means I never get to tell that story about how I impersonated him again, which means all of you are probably going to be happy. Penguins moved Matt Hunwick. I was more upset about the octopus dying. The Penguins should be better next year. But in my opinion, not because they added Johnson and Cullen. I don't think either of those moves hurt. I think we far too often sit in our houses and scroll through Twitter and bitch and moan about the back 2% of a roster. The Penguins didn't win the Cup last year because their fourth line wasn't good enough. No, that's not it. The Penguins didn't win their Stanley Cup last year because the bottom pair wasn't good enough. No, that's not it either. The Penguins didn't beat Washington last year, in part because Washington's really good, but also because the Penguins' stars, apart from Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, who he elevated to become a star, didn't get the job done. Whether it's injury or otherwise, they didn't get the job done, and that's why they lost. The roster construction was fine. The Penguins don't have enough depth. They're not deep enough. They can't win the Stanley Cup because they don't have enough supporting cast players. I don't buy that. Here's what happened. And here's what they need to happen to get better. What happened is, if Giddy Malkin was an absolute monster in the Philadelphia Flyers series, five points in four games before he got hurt, including that mm, spectacular backhand coast-to-coast goal in game one. Crosby and Gensel carried the Penguins in the playoffs. And the Penguins are virtually a one-line team. But Crowley, they didn't have enough depth. Well, they do if the roster behaves the way you think the roster should behave. If Malkin's healthy and playing like the MVP that he was playing like during the regular season, then that becomes a two-line team. They become that much harder to defend. Phil Kessel had 92 points last year. He was one of the best forwards in the National Hockey League. 
but he stunk in the playoffs. If he's better and he's on your third line, all of a sudden, guess what? You got a three-line team. Derek Broussard is a great second-line center on a lot of good teams in this league. He's got a chance to be a phenomenal third-line center. If he's healthy, the Penguins' third line all of a sudden looks pretty darn good. Sure, depth scoring was an issue for the Penguins in the playoffs, but I don't think, and wait for it, it was because of a lack of depth. You know what you're going to get from Crosby. Whatever line he's on in the playoffs is going to drive possession. They're going to score some goals. It's going to happen. When Evgeny Malkin's healthy, they're going to drive possession. They're going to score some goals. So you got two lines right there. It's all about health. Why didn't they get Michael Grabner? Would have been nice. Would have been money well spent, as far as I'm concerned. But I don't think they need that guy. What about Calvin DeHaan? There are so many better defensemen on the open market. Well, there really aren't. And if you lose the championship because of Jack Johnson... It'll be the first time ever that a team lost because their last defenseman stunk. All right, that might be overselling it a little bit. But who cares? He'll be fine. The reaction over Johnson is just over the top. Penguins are paying Jack Johnson the going rate of a bottom pair defenseman. It's $3.25 million a season. He blocked shots. He had some sandpaper. They missed that. As much as it pains me to say after the Ian Cole trade. The Penguins have also had success with reclamation projects at the position. Alexiak, Cole, Schultz, Hainsey, Lovejoy, Daly. So let me make this abundantly clear. This ain't the end of the world. Not even close. It's GMJR taking a shot on a player who, despite terrible, and I mean terrible analytics, has a skill set that they think that they can hone. Now, all that being said, I would prefer the Penguins sign good players and keep them good as opposed to bad players and make them good. But here's the thing, though. That would cost a pretty penny. The Penguins don't have a lot of cap space. So you bring in a guy that you think can be another Ian Cole and you coach him up. It's not that hard to understand. Is it going to work? We shall see. Here's the other thing that people are bitching about with Johnson. Term. It's a five-year deal for a player who had the worst plus-minus in the league since he's entered it. He's also 31. But I don't give a rat's ass about term. And really, neither should you. If you want to get mad about Jack Johnson being a penguin, fine, I get it. But be mad because he was terrible last year and has had a lot of issues in his career. Don't be mad about the length of the deal. By the time the deal is over, the penguins won't be good. The Crosby-Malkin window's only going to last so long. Three more years, maybe? Four, maybe five. If GMJR thinks a dude can help the team win in the here and now, who gives a rat's ass whether he'll be good when the team isn't good? Man, people crushed the TJ Oshie signing with the Capitals last year. And yes, he's a much better player than Jack Johnson, but it was for eight years and it's going to look like crap at the end. It's going to look bad. But who cares when you want to throw it all together to win a championship? The future doesn't matter. It doesn't. Anything that happens after Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are past their prime doesn't matter. You got yours. They've got three. Maybe they'll get more than that. But if you got three in that time period, you're happy. And whatever you can do for the remainder of that window to help extend it or to help capitalize on it, you got to do.
And Jim Rutherford gets that. That's what he's doing here. Speaking of the future not mattering, I've got a buddy who's a Rangers fan. Going to see him this weekend. Great dude. Drinks a lot. Smokes a pack of cigarettes a day. He's texting me all the time about prospect this and prospect that and shouldn't Tampa be trying to protect their future and come on, man. Hell no. Go all in. Maximize your chance to win during your window. Cheryl got killed for it in 2013. But I still think it was the right call. The Pirates get crushed for not doing it. You can't have it both ways. Why'd they sign Jack Johnson for five years? Why do you bitch when the Pirates don't overpay for a guy? You might not like Jack Johnson. The player. Then focus on that. Term isn't something that bothers me at all if a GM thinks he's got his man. And obviously, Jim Rutherford thinks he got his man. How about Jack Johnson already being worth it, though? He's already been worth it. I don't care, in fact, if he does anything good on the ice for the Pittsburgh Penguins from now until the end of his contract. I don't care if he's 36 years old, had five of the worst years ever for a defensive player. He got... John Tortorella to flip his lid. Jack Johnson said this at a press conference, quote, I've been looking to be in a winning culture, end quote. Jim Rutherford said, I don't think he had a bad year. He's a healthy scratch at the end of the season. I know the reason why. It wasn't because of how he was playing. Oh, and that pissed off John Tortorella. Now for a reenactment, we bring in Harry Carey. Harry, give me the John Tortorella quote. All right, Adam, well... I can't really give you a direct quote, but I can add a little bit of something for you. No one wishes anything bad to happen to him and his family. We wish him the best. But for him to put it the way he put it today, it's total bullshit. And to have a general manager question our decision-making from three hours away, he must be an effing magician or something. Hey, Adam, quick one. Who's your favorite magician, by the way? Who's the guy? Mine's got to be David Coppertone. I love that guy. He's hot, baby. Torch went on to say as well, quote, if I'm a former teammate of his, talking about Johnson, and I play against him next year, my gosh. Johnson later then went on to say he didn't mean anything by the comments. Here's exactly what Johnson meant when talking about winning culture. And thank you, Harry Carey. Any time. The Penguins are coming off being back-to-back cup champions. That's two in two years. And the Jackets haven't ever won more than two games in a playoff series. That's two ever. 18 years. If Torch wants to be pissed, I get it. It was a slap in the face to that second-rate organization. But Jack Johnson ain't wrong here, sucker. Even though he wanted to back down from the comments afterward. Jack Johnson seems like a nice guy. He's so nice so that his parents took complete advantage of him and bankrupted him. Uh, he's a nice guy. If you're friends with Sidney Crosby, you're a good man. Sidney Crosby's like a kitten. He just tries to please everyone, rubs himself all What am I saying? Sidney Crosby's a great guy and Jack Johnson's his friend. Ipso facto, Jack Johnson, great guy. He wanted to pull his comments back because he didn't want to offend that organization. I get it. But the subtext there is fabulous. The subtext there being, I want to come to an organization that's won the cup 
a couple of times in recent memory as opposed to being part of a franchise that hasn't won a series ever. I love that the general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets got all up in a tizzy, too. You can't be commenting about different organizations. We already heard there what John Tortorella had to say about the general manager questioning the decision-making from three hours away. Pretty sure John Tortorella has a history of calling out other organizations, does he not? It's a cheap, dirty hit. It's just... I wonder what would happen if we did it to their two whining stars over there. I wonder what would happen. So I'm anxious to see what happens with the league with this. Just no respect amongst players. None. It's sickening. It's one of the most arrogant organizations in the league. They whine about this stuff all the time, and look what happens. Just no respect. Oh! None. Oh! It's sickening. Ah! How dare you talk about my organization, he says. Years after saying the Penguins had one of the most arrogant organizations in the league. Now, I don't think Tortorella was wrong at that point. I also don't hate what Tortorella is doing now, sticking up for his team in the apparent slap from Jack Johnson. That being said, if you're the guy who's always saying the other guys are whining, aren't you the whiner? If you're the guy who's always saying Crosby and Malkin are crying again, arrogant organization, and bitching and moaning and complaining, aren't you the complainer? Aren't you the one that's acting like a child? It's like when you hang out with people and they say, oh, I hate the drama. I hate the drama. But they're always the one that's in the drama. They're always the one talking behind other people's backs. They're the ones that stir the pot. They cause the drama. I don't like the drama. Did you hear about Becky's breasts? Not real. Did you hear about them? I hate the drama. I hate the talking behind people's backs. Did you hear about the lips, too? little injection there. It's no coincidence that he's always the guy calling people whiners. It's no coincidence that he's always the guy saying that people are complaining because it's him complaining. Penguins also signed Matt Cullen to a one-year $650,000 deal. (gasps) It's a minor move. If the Penguins win the Stanley Cup because they've got Matt Cullen back in the fold, then holy crap, what a player. And Matt Cullen was a good player for the Penguins. He did not have a great year last year. He's just a guy, I think, at this point. Now, maybe the system wasn't up to his standard in Minnesota. Maybe he's better playing up and down that lineup and getting a few more minutes. We'll see what happens here. I do think that the conversation can be interesting, though. Is Cullen the fourth-line center and Shane's the third-line center? Now Broussard goes to the left wing? Does Broussard now become expendable? Is Cullen just a fourth-line left wing that can kill penalties at $650,000 a year? The last option seems the most likely. We'll talk to Josh Yoey about all that and Jim Rutherford's offseason so far. And, of course, we got to talk a little bit about John Tortorella. The whiner. He who smelt it, dealt it. Yoey from The Athletic. Next, Scrally Show. He's Pittsburgh-born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is The Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. Yeah. On 970 ESPN. And now on 106.3 FM.
interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Jumbo Joe Thornton, one-year deal, five mil, San Jose. Wonder what that means for LeBron. Josh Yowie's been all over the Penguin stuff in free agency and throughout the offseason and really throughout the season and the preseason and the postseason. He's all over the Penguins. He joins us now. He, of course, is from The Athletic. I bought a subscription. I've been all up in that shiz over the last couple of weeks. Yoey, how are you today, pal? I'm all right. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm back from vacation. The Penguins got Dad back. What's not to like? <laughs> You only gained three pounds on vacation, which is a remarkable accomplishment, by the way. I saw you tweeting about that. I don't know how that happened. I really don't. Yeah. I, all right, good for you. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, you've seen me put beers away. about 10, 12 a day. It's just, You're not shy. <laughs> I am not shy at all, baby. Uh, Josh, uh, the Penguins not shy about making moves in free agency, although no huge moves, obviously. Uh, Jack Johnson, though, I feel like is being treated by the fan base as this huge move, uh, as if his signing is the key to whether or not they win the Cup. I actually like the move. I don't think there's much to hate about it. I know the analytics aren't great. What do the Penguins see in him that makes them think that this is the right guy at the right time? Well, there are a lot of people in the organization who just think very highly of Jack Johnson, the hockey player. Of course, Jim Rutherford drafted him in 2005. He's always loved him. Um, everybody knows how close he is with Sid. And, and what I thought was the most interesting thing to come out of Jim Rutherford's press conference yesterday was when he acknowledged that Mike Sullivan himself broke down the game film of a lot of games late last season, right before Jack Johnson was scratched, and they thought he was playing well. And remember, this is you know a guy they see four times a year, and they have seen him in the playoffs on a couple of occasions. They've seen a lot of Jack Johnson over the years, so they have their own built-in scouting report on this guy, and they think he makes their depth better. They think he's a legitimately good number five defenseman, and you know what, their top four is already pretty good. And if he can be a steady figure along with Jamie Alexiak in the last pairing, uh, $3 million or a little bit over, that isn't that big of a deal. One of the things I saw on Jack Johnson is that he makes a really good first pass. Uh, he has one of the highest completion rates on the outlet pass in the entire National Hockey League. That sounds uh-huh. pretty darn good for the Penguin system and what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think that makes him that much more effective on a team with good forwards. And even though Columbus is a solid team, uh, the Blue Jackets do not have Sid or Gino or Phil Kessel. They just don't. They're not that style of team. And, um, yeah, so I think from everything I've been told, the book on Jack is sometimes he tries to do too much. He tries to, you know, end-to-end rushes, that kind of thing. And he's not going to pull that off. He, He needs to stop doing that. But if he is simple, if he does just get the puck to the forwards, he does so very well. And I think, you know, when you think about that and all the Penguins will ask him to do, I think the system is probably a good fit for him. And just talking with people who know Jack more than I do, I think he's going to be really, really motivated. I, I do. I, I have a feeling this is going to work out okay. Josh Joey from The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. So you do think he's going to wind up at least starting with Jamie Alexiak? I think so. I know there's been some talks, and maybe he'll play with Schultz, and Mata will play with Alexiak, and that way they can kind of spread the minutes out a little bit. And that's possible. I mean, listen, when we talk about line combinations and deep pairs, everyone's going to play with everyone, and eventually we'll see what happens. I mean, we know Dumoulin and Latang are almost certain to play together. But other than that, 
you know, they'll mix and match a little bit. But I think the second and third pairings, respectively, will probably see an even amount of ice time. So I don't think you're going to have one that you say that's the second pairing and the other one that's the third pairing. I think they'll divide it up. Personally, I really like Schultz and Mata together. I think it's a really good second unit, but they'll figure it out. And the good thing is Alexiak and Jack Johnson are both pretty comfortable on the right side, so they have some flexibility there too. Josh, haven't the Penguins bought themselves and Jim Rutherford bought himself uh, the opportunity to sign a guy like this and get some benefit of the doubt given the way that they've treated some of these defensemen acquisitions over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think so. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, Schultz was 25, and Alexiak is 25, and this guy's 31, so he's beyond help. Uh, I don't think that's fair to Jack. I mean, Jack's never really become a star the way people thought he would when he was a third overall pick, but there is clearly some talent there. And I would suggest that the coaching in Pittsburgh is a heck of a lot better than it is in Columbus. Uh oh. Columbus was not. <laughs> he's gonna Columbus he's gonna was... come after you now, Yoey. I know. I, I gotta watch what I say. I actually might pick a fight with the Columbus media just to, to fit in. <laughs> oh, you Aaron Ports line, you dirty dog, you. I know it, I know it. Um, but no, I mean, listen, Columbus last year was not a good defensive team. If you watch them in the playoffs against Washington or even the games against the Penguins, they give up a ton of scoring chances. They, they did it all season, and yet they have Seth Jones. They have Zach Wierenski. They have Savard, Eddie and Cole. They have Jack Johnson, Ryan Murray. Those are good defensemen. Okay, and they were still that bad of a team defensively. That tells me something's not adding up with the way that team's being coached, in particular the defensemen. And I really do believe that Gonshar can make this guy better. Maybe not that much better, but they don't need him to be a star. Be a good number five defenseman. That's all they need. Matt Cullen, fourth-line center, fourth-line left wing, third-line center. Is Riley Shea in the fourth-line center? Is Derek Broussard going to move to wing? What's the plan here? I like to just call them dad and keep it at that. I don't know. Um, the thing, the things about good dads is, you know, they're versatile people. Uh, no, I, I, here, here was my first impulse when I heard about this trade. And I know how much Jim loves Matt Cullen, so I wasn't shocked by it. And I'm, I'm not predicting this is going to happen, but keep this in mind. I would not be shocked if Derek Broussard gets traded at some point. And, and they can trade him now if they want, because they're comfortable with Shane being the number three center. And they're obviously comfortable with Matt Cullen being the number four center. So as the lineup is right now, it'll be Shane and Cullen on the fourth line. Which one's on the wing? I would guess Cullen, maybe. He has played a lot of wing in his career. But they're both so versatile, it really doesn't matter. But I think those two together give you two-thirds of a pretty darn good fourth line. Yeah, I think so, too. And it seemed like that move was even getting criticized which I don't understand, $650,000 for a guy that's going to play on your fourth line and in a pinch could move up, what is not to like there? Listen, the Twitter community is incredibly angry right now. I don't like like it. I don't know. I I, I just don't know what it is. I I mean, you said it. It's a one-year deal. It's $650,000. And the thing about Cullen, I, I was not an advocate of bringing Chris Kunitz back. If you look at his numbers from the last five years, He's on a very steady decline, okay? Matt Cullen's not. And I realize eventually he won't be able to keep playing like this. But his numbers have been almost identical the last four or five years. He can still really skate. He's working cheap, 650000 Um, I don't know what isn't to like. I really don't. And, you know, I, I know sometimes we talk too much about good guys in the locker room, that kind of stuff. But if they do need some leadership, if Zach Aston Reese or Daniel Sprong or whoever does need someone to look up to, there is not a finer human being than Matt Collins for, for that kind of a role. So 
I I have no issue at all. And listen, look at the fourth line last year. Who's a better hockey player, Tom Kunakle or Matt Cullen? I will take 41-year-old Matt Cullen over Tom Kunakle any day of the week. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Josh Joey joining us here on the Crowley Show. Josh, do you think that Jim Rutherford is done? Do you think this is the group he goes into the regular season with? Uh, I think it's possible. Uh, I, I don't. Hey, he can't really sign anyone else. He's going to sign Jamie Alexiak, who still needs that needs taken care of. But other than that, he he doesn't have the financial flexibility to sign anyone else really on on the market. So the only thing he can do is make a trade, and it's possible. He he really still wants one more like top six left winger type. He, he really, you know, in his perfect world, he would have added someone like that. The prices in free agency were insane. He talked with Carolina about Jeff Skinner. That didn't really materialize. So a trade is possible. And if anyone is to be traded off of the Penguins roster, I think it will be Broussard because you could really get something in return for him, and they're just so loaded at center they could do it. I know a lot of people are fancy with the idea of uh, trading Carl Hagelin. I don't think that serves a purpose at this point. You only wanted to get rid of him to save money, and you already did that with Sherry and Hunwick. Hagelin's overpaid because he doesn't score that much, but he still helps you in the playoffs. I don't know if that's somebody you want to trade right now. I, I think you'd keep him one more year and let him walk next summer. I also wouldn't like to see them trade Broussard, Josh. I just think that they tried so hard last year to get deep down the middle, and I think that you don't want to have to rely on Cheyenne as your third-line center if you've only got Matt Cullen to back them up especially given the age of Matt Cullen. That's not to say that I think the guy's going to get hurt or anything like that, but you don't want to take mm-hmm. that risk. I like the idea of having Broussard still as the third-line center. The fit might not be right. Maybe he gets moved during the season, but I'd like to give that another shot. I don't disagree, and I think they would too, but I think they're more willing to trade him than they are some of their other forwards. Sure. Put it that way. I, I do think there's a sense that, gee, maybe this guy's not quite the player we thought we were getting. Um, now, that said, I don't think he was healthy. He did have a groin injury late in the regular season. So we have to take that into account. And I agree with you. I mean, ideally, you want that depth. I think Shane's an okay number three center, and that's fine. He's a great number four center. Yes. And if Matt Cullen's your fourth-line winger and a guy that you used to fill in when somebody gets hurt, that's perfect. You don't want Cullen playing 15 minutes a night during the regular season anyway. No. So, you couldn't really ask for a better situation at center right now. And so let's put it this way. I think it's possible. I've heard enough rumblings about Broussard from enough people I trust that it makes me wonder if something won't happen with him at some point. But were I to bet, I would not bet on anything big happening between now and October. Do you think it's better to be deep down the middle or at left wing? I think you'd rather be deep down the middle. Oh, of course. I mean, the Penguins have made a living. The Penguins have made a living on being deep down the middle. And, um, you know, there's no question. Look around. Everyone's trying to do it in the Eastern Conference now. Look at the Maple Leafs, for heaven's sake. Uh, you look around, um, look within their own division, what Washington has down the middle. Yeah, it, it's a big deal to be deep down the middle, and you can always find a left winger. You can't always find a center. As much as we'll touch on all these moves, and I've touched on them on the show, and I'll continue to touch, them on, touch on them on the show, uh, I think that the reason the Penguins last year got bounced in the playoffs is because of some untimely defensive gaffes, sure, but because Malkin didn't look the same as he did in the first four games of the Flyers series after he got hurt. Broussard never really got up to speed in terms of his injury. Phil Kessel didn't play well enough, and Matt Murray didn't play well enough. I think that they've got the core there, and if those guys play well, then they're fine. I don't care if Jack Johnson's on your third pair or if Matt Cullen's on your fourth line. If those guys all play the way that they're capable of playing, 
this team will be right there at the end. Oh, of course, I, I completely agree. It's kind of like during a Steelers preseason when we obsess over the third string quarterback, or, you know, the third string. Guess what? If Ben plays well, they're probably going to win. You know, it's the same thing. Uh, the fact of the matter is, yes, Crosby and Gensel were great against Washington. Malkin was playing hurt and was not effective. Murray did not have a good series. Uh, Crystal Tang was awful in Game Five. Bill Kessel was either hurt or just had the worst series of his life. That's why they lost. Yes. But those are still the guys you have to trust because those aren't easily replaceable people, and that's the foundation of the team. So, yes, it'll help to have more depth. And I always hear people say, well, you got to have a fourth line that can score. Well, that's a nice bonus. It does help. But if the big guys play well and they're healthy, you take your chances with this team every time. You like what the Penguins have down the middle better than what the Maple Leafs do? Yeah, I do, but it's pretty comparable now. Yes. Um, it's far as the Matthews. That's pretty scary. No question. I'll still take Crosby and Malkin over those two for a couple of more years anyway. Uh, Matthews is so much younger. I mean, he's going to be a great player for a long time. But Crosby and Malkin um, have not really showed any signs of age to me into their 30s so far. Eventually they will. But uh, with those two and Broussard and Shane and Cullen to fill in, um, yeah, I will still take the Penguins, but I will say – I think the Maple Leafs down the middle are as close to the Penguins city team we've seen in the Crosby era. Whoa, all right. Josh Yoey, last couple of things from The Athletic, joining us here on the Crowley Show. I think the East is absolutely loaded now, Josh. Boston's are oh. still a really good team. Uh, Toronto now takes a step towards being a legitimate Stanley oh. Cup contender. Uh, Tampa Bay had a great season last year and had an opportunity to beat Washington, and obviously we all know what happened there. Uh, New Jersey, I don't think, is going away. Philadelphia gets better, although... It, Silly price there. I think that the East is as deep as it's been now in probably four or five years, maybe. It's frighteningly deep. And, you know, the Stanley Cup winners come out of the East for the last three years have the Metropolitan Division. In fact, you said it. I still think Pittsburgh and Washington are probably the two best teams, which is to say, I think whoever wins that series in the second round next May very well may win the Cup again. Yeah. But you're right. Toronto's a scary team now. And they still have some defensive issues, but my God, their forwards are so good. Um, Tampa, let's not forget about how good Tampa and Boston were. And you said it, New Jersey's not going anywhere. Columbus is still a playoff caliber team. Even the bad teams. Okay, there's a bad team in the East. We still have to beat Henrik Lundqvist, you know? And I mean, that's, that's what I see when I look at it. Florida. Florida almost made the playoffs last yeah. year. They're, they're sneaky good. They're going to be better than people think. So the East is way, way better than the West right now. It's kind of the anti-NBA we got to touch on John Tortorella here before you go. I love it, but I also think that if you're the guy who's always saying the people are whining, if you're the guy who's always in the thick of things, then maybe it's you who's the whiner. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for Jack Johnson. I can tell you from being there yesterday, I don't think he meant to talk smack at all on the Blue Jackets. I really oh. don't. I, I, I truly believe, and I've heard this about Jack, He's the kind of guy, he reads everything on Twitter. He reads every article written about him. He was hearing all the stuff Penguins fans were saying about him. I think he just wanted to kind of ingratiate himself to Penguins fans a little bit. I really believe that. I think he was just trying to come off as a good guy, and I think he is. Um, so I felt bad for him. Jim threw a little bit of a barb. Um, Torts overreacted in a very big way. But Torts is so entertaining that I, I, I don't get upset about it. I actually thought it was hilarious. Aaron Portsline, my colleague from The Athletic, texted me last night. He said, wait until you read this article I'm about to publish. I'm like, okay, whatever. Then I read it. I said, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever read. 
He did say one thing I thought John Tortorella did in that article with Portsline that was factually accurate, and that is that Jim Rutherford is a bleeping magician. I think he got that part right. I think he nailed that. Uh, Josh, appreciate the time as always, man. Keep up the good work. All right, buddy. I'll see you. Later. There he goes, Josh Joey of The Athletic. Check out what Portsline wrote out there uh, about John Tortorella losing his mind because it is absolutely excellent. It is profanity-laced. It's everything. It's You know what? It sounds like if I were to do my radio show, just not on the radio. Like, put a couple of beers in me and just let me talk. I think I sound a lot like John Tortorella. F in this, F in that. Funny guy. Like me. Coming up next, Sidney Crosby wants you to know how hard he didn't push for Jack Johnson. Why? We'll peel the layers back there. And I only gained three pounds on vacation. I'm a medical marvel. It's the Crowley Show. He may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. As I told you in the last segment, Jumbo going back to San Jose for a one-year deal, and the Anaheim Ducks, they've countered. How are you going to stop that center? How are you going to check that line? How are you going to make sure that Joe Thornton doesn't get over on you? You signed Carter Rowney to a one-year deal. Carter Rowney... Now an Anaheim duck. They also bring in Brian Gibbons. They are getting farther and farther away from the Stanley Cup, uh, not closer. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. We got shirtless Tom behind the glass. I drank a thousand beers over the last ten days. There's a wedding on Saturday when I left. Drank a lot the night before. Drank probably 25 beers on Saturday. Then got to the beach, drank a lot there. Ten beers, I'd say, a day on average. So, when it's all said and done, I came home, thought I was going to weigh myself and be 15 pounds overweight. Ten pounds overweight. Eight pounds overweight. But no, I've got the metabolism of a young man with a good metabolism. And I only gained three pounds. And I asked the people on Twitter.com, at underscore Adam Crowley, is that an achievement? I think it is. Maybe not an achievement, but I was happy with it. I'm very proud. I mean, of you, my man. God! I thought you were going to come back. Like I thought you were in the ten fifteen range. Yeah, honestly, I really did. Because I spied at one point. I spied a picture online of you with the whole fam hanging out at the beach, and everybody in the picture is on the beach without a shirt on, with the exception of you, Crowley. You're the only guy with a shirt on, and I'm like, oh, dude, gained so, gained he gained massive weight while he's gone. He's going to come back at like two fifty. <laughs> I'm just scared of the sun is all it is. Yeah, whatever you just need. Scared, whatever you need to say. No, it just it terrifies me. I got a heat rash one day. You did? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Where'd now, you get it? It was on my back, and then it eventually wrapped around to my front and my back and my arms. I actually looked like Deadpool. Oh. It was disgusting. Nice. It was, it was not something that anybody needed to see, and any time I went out in the sun, it would just get worse. There wouldn't become more dots. The dots would just start protruding a little bit more. In fact, I still got a little bit of it on my back. Looked like a big case of poison ivy. Yes. Ugh. Disgusting. And then my wife got it on her mouth. Oh, what? 
Really? Yeah. Oh, ow. I'm sure it's the same thing. Sun poisoning. Oh. Here's the. I hope it is. Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) Where have you been, man? Here's the other thing that happened, and this probably wound up being the reason why I got the heat rash is that I had I was taking an antibiotic leading up to the beach trip so that I didn't have that stupid cyst on my face. Still kind of there. And it tells you not to go out in the sun whenever you take it. It's like Uh, it's like a heavy antibiotic. Yeah. Don't spend any time in the sun. I think maybe if you would have gotten enough of a tan, it would have like camouflaged it. You wouldn't even have noticed. That's true. It just went all in. That's true. I don't get tan, though. Yeah, you're Irish. Yeah. I use 50. You get red. I do. And all that on my my tan is my freckles merging together. That's all that is. So, I mean, all you need is what? Like a, like an umbrella and like a cooler? Yep. And you're good to go? Yep. Nice. Yeah, it worked out that way. We had a tent. My buddy Dennis brought it down every single day to the beach with our uncle, and he set it up. And it cast a big shadow, just like the Crowley show. And I sat under it, and I slugged beers, and I'd pee in the ocean, and I was in my glory. <laughs> it's the Crow Man drinking tank. Oh, exactly. I'm just peeing, drinking, and avoiding the sun. Well, there was a <laughs> there was a talk of me doing cheese teases from the beach, but I was three sheets to the wind every single day by That's 4 o'clock. That's what made him great. That's true. <laughs> we'll hear it a little later, but you actually made a little uh, cameo on your own show I last did. week. Did some singing. Very nice. I should get time and a half for that, in fact. Yeah, you should have gotten paid for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think if we told you, you would have remembered you were on, honestly. No. In fact, you told me that I sang Country Roads twice, and I only remember singing it not at all. Yeah. Yeah. You in, did. Two renditions. Yeah. In fact, I just thought I was talking to my friend. I didn't even realize I was on the radio. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It was 15 beers. <laughs> PBRs, too. Crowman at we, the beach. Crowman at the beach. I mean,. <laughs> This is going to sound bad, but I, I should have had a Confederate flag hat on and like oh, cut no. off sleeves. No. It would have. I mean, no, you shouldn't have, but it would have fit. It would have, man. Yeah. You should not have had it. No, but it would have fit. I have a farmer's tan. Just the beach done f me up, man. Some cut off denims. Woo! Yes, beach boys. Woo! A little Skinnered. Yeah, what? free bird. Turn it up. Crowd man's on the beach. Yeah, surf's up, hang ten, baby. Did you guys know that the sunrise is at like five forty-five? Yes, I did. I did actually. That's yeah, wild. I never. Yeah. I just always thought the sun was up. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I didn't know what it, where it came from. <laughs> and it was just, I don't know. It was surprising to me. How about that? Look at that sun. It comes up. It doesn't just pop in. It comes up. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to do the things that piss us off. We're going to do it about four times, three or four times at the end of segments every Monday. And then on Fridays, things that make us happy as we go into the weekend. Because on Mondays, we're all pissed off. And then on Fridays, we're all cheesed up. Got a couple of beach-related ones. Oh, no. I bet you do. I do. Judging by drinking 15 beers a day, I wonder if any of your family has some things that piss them off. Well, here's what I don't understand. Why is the sand so hot? Like, get over yourself, sand. You don't have to be that hot. Like, I don't need... I've got a shield on in the form of SPF 50 all over my body, except for the bottom of my feet. Because, of course, I don't have anything on the bottom of my feet. I'm not a sycophant. I don't need to rub stuff on the bottom of my feet. I don't need SPF Banana Boat 50 on my heel. And then the sun's like, hey, sand, let's hang out. And then my feet get burnt. But that's for later on. We'll get there. 
We got Jason Mackey coming up on the show tomorrow, and he wrote a good piece in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about Sidney Crosby and Jack Johnson. And I don't know if you guys know this. They're boys. They are boys. Shattuck St. Mary's. Represent. We boys. But Sidney Crosby kind of bent over backwards, it sounds like, to deny that he made a big push for Jack Johnson. And that got me to thinking. Here's some of the quotes here. Crosby said, I'm doing my job to help the team and represent it. There's a difference between doing that and doing the hard sell. He said, I talked to him about our team like I did many times with other free agents, and he happened to sign with us, which is great. I haven't ever pushed for anybody, and I'm not going to start now. I think this is Sidney Crosby being really image conscious. I think this is Sidney Crosby saying, I'm not one of those selfish superstars that's going to try to pull the strings. I'm not like LeBron James, and I'm going to get the coach fired. I'm not trying to be the general manager of the team here. Now, when LeBron does it, it's fine, I think, because it's the NBA, and you get a couple of good players, all of a sudden you can be a championship-caliber organization. In hockey, it takes a little bit more than that, certainly more than a bringing in of a Jack Johnson, but that's not why it was interesting to me. Sidney Crosby trying to maintain and save face publicly is something that Sidney Crosby does because Sidney Crosby is image conscious, and that's why Sidney Crosby is such a nice guy. Or perhaps it's chicken and the egg, and Sidney Crosby's a nice guy, and that's why he's image conscious. Either way, that's not it for me here. What is it for me here is Sidney Crosby being like, you know, there's a difference between the hard sell and the non-hard sell. And I think it's because if Jack Johnson, who has the worst plus-minus in the National Hockey League since he came into the league, continues those woes this year, Sidney Crosby doesn't want to be tied to that. Sidney Crosby doesn't want to have the takedown pieces from Rob Rossi and Tim Benn saying, wow, Jack Johnson cost the Penguins a playoff series, and the only reason he's here is because he's butt buddies with Sidney Crosby. So while it is image conscious in that vein, I think it shows that there's a little bit of concern there in terms of what Jack Johnson can do and how well Jack Johnson can play. I think he's couching it a little bit just to make sure that if Jack Johnson doesn't improve the way the Penguins brass thinks he improves, that Sidney Crosby doesn't get put on the hook along with Jack Johnson and thrown into the sun. Ready for stuff that pissed us off? Let's go! I-95 pisses me off! It's the fastest highway in the country. You can fly down 95. Go 95 on 95. Well, you can go 95 on 95 for about 20 minutes, and then there's a crash. And then you can go 95 on 95 for another 20 minutes, and then there's a crash. It took me nine hours to get from Baltimore to freaking Hatteras. Nine hours that I could have been drinking beer. So 95, flip you, you mother bleepers. You sons of bitches. I hate You know what, Adam? 95 pisses me off, too. 95 is to America what the large intestine is to the human body. It's nothing but a conveyor belt for feces. Basically a parking lot where you pull into a new parking spot every five minutes. And especially during the summer, everyone's sitting in the Baltimore, D.C. traffic, just stinking up the place because of the humidity. We're all going down the ocean, hon. It's a stench unlike any other thing I've ever smelled. Crabs, crack, sweat, banana boat, it's all there. Oh, what's really pissing me off are fans that think it's any of their, it's their opinion that they had, 
fans that think that they can have an opinion on where a freaking athlete goes. You see it with LeBron James. He decides to go to the LA Lakers. What were fans saying before the offseason started? Oh, he's got to get out of Cleveland. He'll never win in Cleveland. So what's he do? He goes to the Lakers. Oh, why'd he go to the Lakers? He'll never beat the Warriors when he's in LA. As if he wouldn't go to the Lakers if he didn't think that other players were going to go there with him. And it's not your... Oh my god, I'm just so mad I can't even think straight. So I think, Dom, you probably could have just stopped your rant whenever you said, I hate it when people have opinions. <laughs> because as much as you wanted to get that one out, you, you couldn't, buddy. And then, and then at the end, you couldn't. You couldn't finish. Couldn't bring it home. Oh, shoot. Uh, the problem is I wrote that one out. I shouldn't have uh, it out anymore. I know what I'm pissed off about later. <laughs> you wrote that out? Yeah. There's the problem. I'm supposed to pre-plan this stuff. Off the cuff. Or lack of cuff in your case. Coming up next, LeBron James signed with the Lakers. <laughs> Did he? Mm -hmm. Wow, the Lakers? And we've got opinions on it. Well, me and Brian do. Tom's going to sit this one out. It's a Crowley show.